0: From the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield & Company. All right, here we go. Big Thursday. Silver
1: 7's is our home every single Thursday, rest of 2021. Thanks to Silver 7's for partnering with Cofield & Company and ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Candy is here. Finley Toyota Studios. It's Ari. Busy, busy day. Big day. Big day. We'll see if the Knights can close it out tonight against the Avs. Game six is on the way over on our sister station, Fox Sports
2: Las Vegas. Candy, fired up? How could you not be? This is the moment we're waiting for here in Vegas.
1: (laughs) Advance to another level in the NHL playoffs, and if they can get it done... They face a very interesting opponent in Montreal, but we're not here to, uh, to jinx. Although I don't know that I necessarily believe in jinxes. All right, here's what's trending at two. We'll get to the Knights inside of five minutes. Uh, we know how big football is this year in Las Vegas because we didn't get to go to NFL football last year in the stadium. Most of us didn't, right? Uh, press got to go. This is a massive year. So I think the the preseason for us is different, Candy, than the rest of the country. Uh, It's kind of a ho-hum deal, although the fact that the games are cut down uh, is very interesting. We'll get to that. But the preseason schedule is out. Uh, Raiders, that first game, August 14th, will be a late start, sort of, 6 o'clock start as Seattle's in town to take on the Raiders, and those will be highly coveted tickets. And, yes, we know it's preseason, but it'll be the first time for the majority of the valley and the the west region and raider nation to actually
2: get in the building as fans oh my god cofield i'm starting to think about what it's going to be like to have a raiders tailgate in 137 <laughs> degrees yeah. on august 14th All right like that is going to be crazy uh, but it's also going to be awesome like to think that we're finally going to get to see This team in this building, after this experience of the tailgate, is fantastic.
1: Barbecues, smoking on Diablo and Bell. Probably streets that no one's ever heard of before, unless you know all the nooks and crannies of the Polaris Valley View area. As I've said a million times now, and you haven't been on the show in a little while, but uh, I did a little tour when I got the parking map, right? Raiders had their big parking press conference last week. So when I got the map, I'm like, okay, I want to see where lot Z, lot N, lot A, lot you know W R, all the letters, right? Because uh, the cheapy lots are a little further away. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll get to know uh, folks who are going to go tailgating. Um, some of the some of the lots down there and the whole configuration. There's some real weird hidden lots and streets like Diablo will become kind of a main drag for Raider fans.
2: Oh, I know exactly where they are. And remember uh, back when this first was coming around, when we were first breaking ground on the stadium, when I was still working at the Las Vegas Sun, I did an article where I went on a September afternoon on an NFL Sunday. And I walked from Mandalay Bay and walked the entire site. And mind you, it was September. It's 90 degrees. Like, it's warm enough on a day like that. Oh, yeah. And then you're hanging out in those desert lots around there. And, uh, yeah, so whether whether it's Polaris or Diablo or a bunch of other streets you forgot existed or never knew in the first place, <laughs> just get ready to be hammered and hopefully still be able to make it into the game in those areas. Oh, you'll make it.
1: You'll make it. Well, the good thing is that, uh, well, at 6 o'clock, though, it'll be pretty light out at, towards towards the middle or yeah. towards the end of the summer. So I was going to say, the giant stadium all lit up. We'll,
0: we'll, oh, we'll I'm serve not talking as, about we'll – I'm not saying you're going to gonna get lost. I'm yeah. saying
2: your physical ability to walk yeah. from the barbecue across the street. Like, by the time you've lost your shoes somewhere along the sure. road, you're walking on 190-degree oh. asphalt.
1: I will say the bigger challenge, like walking to the strip, you can follow the crowd. The bigger – Uh, challenge will be all toked up or loaded uh, getting back to your car kind of through, again, the nooks and crannies of that area will be kind of interesting. So, Uh, but that's what, you know, that's what that preseason game is going to be a test of. And then, unlv has got a game. We've got a bunch of big events. I mean, that's something we're going to get into uh, during the show because now we've got yet another major event that hits town every year and they've actually changed venues. So that's coming up. Uh, Also trending at two, you know, I warned, Uh, our other Adam, Adam Candy's here today, Adam Hill, earlier this week, when some of the snippets started coming out about a college football 12-team playoff, I'm like, dude, tread lightly, tread lightly, because I'm very delicate on the subject. I've been doing sports radio a long time, and I can remember, like, whining back in probably 99 or 2000, my old partner, the sports pig, knew how much I hated the college football alignment for a title back then, and was just pouring salt in the wound because he's like, they just signed an eight-year extension. And I'm like, no. So we have yet another change on the table. We'll get into a lot of these details. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Have you seen the basic layout of what they would do with a 12-team playoff? And now, folks, again, this isn't speculation as we've been doing for five years since they went to a Final Four. This is a plan That is being discussed. Maybe the leader of the whole thing is Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson. That's hard to get out. Um, What do you think about the basic layout of what they're talking about?
2: The basic layout makes all the sense in the world. And what people need to understand, I think, most specifically is they're probably going to say, well, why are you going from 4 to 12? Why not go from 4 to 8? Well, if you go from 4 to 8 and you accomplish the purpose of offering the major conferences a guaranteed spot the power five conferences a guaranteed spot you also serve to piss off the power five conferences by limiting the amount of at-larges that would be available to them there will only be a couple of at-larges and if you're the sec then you're looking at this and saying that's crap our third best team could easily be one of the top 12 teams in the country or the top eight teams in the country that's why we need to be able to go to 12 and have six at-large bids i think it makes perfect sense
1: yeah, the, uh, the way this is laid out, six, six highest-ranked conference champs and next six highest-ranked teams will make the playoff. Four highest-ranked conference champs, which is interesting wording because Notre Dame is not in a conference. Four highest-ranked conference champs will be seated one to four. They'll get a first-round by Teams five to 12 will play first round at home field of highest-ranked team. Right now, according to Brett McMurphy, Notre Dame and the Independents can't get a first-round bye. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think there's there's a lot of people out there who are like, Notre Dame never deserves to be a top-four team. They've too often flopped in this thing. I do think the program's getting better, though. But uh, how about that? That's going to be a tweak I think they'll work on.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know how much the Power Fives are going to give in on this. Like, they, they mm. feel like they're already giving in by expanding this thing. Right. Alabama is already seeding a certain amount of control. And you mentioned that Craig Thompson is part of this uh, whole thing. By the way, Let's do it. Grace. Voice of the little
1: guy, voice voice of the
0: group of five.
2: I'm absolutely looking forward to something canceling a Mountain West game and Boise State having to play a 9-6 game in the wind and snow in <laughs> Wyoming and losing its spot like basketball right. this past year. Um, but, no, I mean, ultimately I think the Power Five still have all of the sway when it comes to this. They still have the juice. They can choose to make this thing however they want to be. And – I think the other thing that becomes really interesting is that if you offer a guaranteed spot in the college football playoff to the winner of the Power 5 championship games, you essentially are going to make conference championship game like another week of the playoffs, right? That entire week of games is like another whole week of playoffs because it's guaranteed spots getting in. So it
1: makes more sense. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think that's one of the things that they've they've, – they're talking about the – Sixth highest ranked. Are you sure they're guaranteed? Like, if you have some upset and there's like a seven win, eight win team, you know they're eight and five. They pull off an upset. You know Iowa pulls off an upset in the Big Ten title game. They're in. They're not getting. They're not. Are they? they can, well, they're not going to be eligible for a buy because they won't be that high. That's
2: ranked. that's the thing. Is yeah. that team? Will, here's the thing. Let's say Ohio State plays. You know, someone from the other division, and that eight and three team wins the championship game, Ohio State's still going to get the bye. Uh, Let's not kid ourselves that thinking that expanding the playoff makes the playoff any more fair. That's not what's happening here. (laughs) What we're doing is we are creating three or four more weeks of television, and we are limiting the garbage bowl games that we get served up for the two weeks before Christmas.
1: Also trending, your Vegas Golden Knights. Puck drop at the Fortress, a little bit earlier than normal. 6 o'clock, heading into the game here at William Hill. William Hill Racing Sportsbook inside of Silver Sevens. Knights are the favorite now for the Stanley Cup, plus 175. The Lightning have already advanced. Their second choice at plus 190. Uh, if you believe the Abs are going to bounce back and go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and win it, they're plus 550. I don't advise betting that. I would just take this, this the series price first, I guess. I don't know. Um, this is interesting because this is not over, Candy. This is not over. Um, I know, like... Once a game is in the books and once a series is set in a certain direction, I think a lot of people just kind of cement some sort of narrative like, hey, they won, and they don't look at the minutia of the game. Knights fans should be worried. There is still a lot to get accomplished here. They have to they got to take care of business. They could easily lose these next two
2: games. Think about it this way if you're looking at it and saying, it's clinch night, baby. Knights are going to do it. Think about it this way. Mm-hmm. This series could and probably should be over. Yep. The Avalanche had a lead with five minutes to go in Game Three. They had a two-goal lead going into the third period in Game Five, and they managed to let both of those slip away. So realistically, this series could just as well be over. Now, if you are a betting person, as you just mentioned the Stanley Cup odds and uh, you know what this series ultimately means to those. I have been more than happy to accept the swings that have come with people's opinions of this series because these are two of the three best teams in the NHL, and they've played like it all year long. So when the Avalanche went up one game, I took a Golden Knights plus two and a half series price. When the Avalanche went up two games, I took another piece of plus two and a half at a better price because it has been that way throughout this series back and forth up and down left and right for these two teams and by the way cofield there was a book in town that managed to hang nine to one on the golden knights for the stanley cup Ooh. when they were down two games to none and I re- and I, un- I unloaded what was left in that account did you on that nine to one yeah good for you so good for you. but the point of the matter is i'm going to be watching tonight to see where that price goes there's a point where it could get so ridiculous on the Avalanche that you look and say, all right, are there bets that are worth making on the Avalanche to try to lock in you know, yeah. some level of profit? So, I mean, that's obviously mathematically not the, the wisest thing that I could do, but I think what I'm saying is if you don't have the investment that I do, let me put it that way, if you don't have the investment on the Golden Knights that I do, and you see the Avalanche pushing out tonight to plus 130, plus 135 or beyond, yeah, that's probably a worthwhile bet.
1: All right, lots to get to in breaking down this series. First thing we need answered on the way back, we'll tell you what the status is of the Avs coach. Kind of important. You need your coach in an elimination game six. Uh, Jared Bednar, COVID complications, we think. We got the news in on his availability. We'll tell you what's going on with the Avs coach on the way back.
0: Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. Make it up by Pat Ready. out for Stone, here he comes, working left side, he shoots, he scores! Mark Stone! He wins it in overtime! Three to two Golden Knights! The captain delivers his fifth goal of the playoffs. The Golden Knights game-winning goal-scoring leader in the regular season, wins it in OT. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finlay Toyota studio. Adam Candy
1: is with us. He's a uh, big fan of play-by-play guys. Pretty good call, huh, Duva? With the uh, natural growl on several occasions with the Mark Stone. I kind of did a Barney from uh, the Simpsons. That's why I don't do play-by-play. Very good call.
2: I, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the Barney, and yes, agreed. <laughs> That's a solid call from Duba because he's got the emotion in there. He doesn't go over the top. He is the opposite of what Colorado has with Connor McGahee trying to make up whoa. funny catch lines to sound smarter than he is.
1: Whoa, whoa. All right, shots fired. We had McGahee on uh, early this week. He was moody. He was moody. He was mad that we called him up after it was 2-2 and not – uh, when it was 2 nothing.
2: Yeah, well, I'll humbly suggest getting him over himself and spending <laughs> that time writing some more catchphrases that he can try to force in that don't fit. Dang. All right. All right. We're throwing. We're throwing early in the show. It's game six, baby. It's game six. got to come
1: strong. <laughs> Screw everything about Denver. Um, how about their fans? Is the reason the Knights, aside from talent and coaching and more line depth, uh, is the reason – the Knights are ahead in the series because of the fans here as opposed to the negative fans in Denver. I saw that uh, Jonathan Marcisot talking to ESPN was very bullish on the support the team gets from the locals here
2: in Vegas. I thought it was interesting in this wide, wide-ranging interview he did with Emily Kaplan from ESPN how Marcisot talked about how he's from a hockey town, and they look at things very differently where he's from and where he's played before than they do here in Las Vegas. He said, what's good about Vegas compared to where I'm from, if you make a mistake or something like that, they will just pin you down to the ground. In Vegas, they'll still lift you up. They'll still like you, still be there for us. Uh, I think that embodies a lot of what we've seen of the attitude from Vegas fans toward the Golden Knights in three-plus years. But, Steve, what's interesting to me about that is that's the sort of thing that gets around to players in free agency. Beyond the facts of, yes, this team is willing to spend, yes, this team is playing in a state that does not have state income tax, and all those things make it more financially interesting to come here, players want to be where they feel wanted. And if the players are telling other players that this is the reputation of Vegas, that's how you get big-time free agents like Alex Petrangelo to come. One of the big
1: columnists in Denver, in the Denver Post, headline... Avs choking away playoff series against Vegas, and biggest gag artist is Nathan McKinnon. Subhead is Avs skate and talk like champs, but when going gets tough in NHL postseason, they play like chumps. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd be frustrated if I'd lost three games in a row, too, especially two of them where I had the lead, but. Man, oh man, I I mean, I don't know if you're angling for your own talk show when you say things like that, but (laughs) goodness gracious is that an overreaction to having the best player in the NHL on your team, like the Avalanche would be anywhere near this series without Nathan McKinnon in the first place. Uh, I thought it was very interesting, though, and and Tyler and I talked about this on the press box yesterday, how Nathan McKinnon got neutralized by that Mark Stone line for a couple of games here in Vegas by Pete DeBoer. And those last change moves, well, Jared Bednar moved Nathan McKinnon away and got him on a different line, got him playing, I should say, matched up against a different line against the Golden Knights and made a little difference for them, made a little difference. So we'll see what happens tonight when Pete DeBoer has last change again.
1: Update on Bednar. Speaking of uh, the coach of the Avs, no morning skate. And for much of the day, his status in question. And, of course, what's the first thing you think of, Candy, when it's COVID-related when it comes to the NHL? False positive tests. Like, how badly are they going to screw this up? Are they actually going to make a coach miss an elimination game because their system sucks?
2: Well, Peter Baugh, the athletics avalanche writer, says Bednard has been cleared. He'll be ready to go tonight. But the way this all played out screams false positive. Yeah.
1: So he's been cleared. He's good to go. Uh, That's a freak out for more than a few hours uh, around the Avs coach and their situation going into game six. Uh, More Golden Knights coming up. we got a a great guest load today. Ari with a beautiful job of booking the show up. We're going to talk to NFL insider Solomon Wilcox in the 4 o'clock hour. But up next, our regular
0: Thursday spot as we'll get into a lot of NBA is our buddy in Chicago, Xavier Pope. With 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Thursday means it's time to check in with Xavier Pope, our legal analyst and uh, culture analyst and, as I say all the time, expert on everything. (laughs) Xavier, how you doing,
3: buddy? And I'm doing great. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I think we have to have a little chat here about division and uh, opinions that are not good for this country. We got a lot of stuff to get to today, but bruh, the, your stuff on cargo shorts. This could be the end of <laughs> it. This could be the
3: end of us. Listen, <laughs> I tweeted this before that if you have cargo shorts, that you should go burn them. And Why? Why? They say I have given up on life. Yes. I have not, I've, I've given up on looking appropriate. Uh and chances are if you're wearing cargo shorts, you're probably wearing some sort of slide sandals. Just totally not carrying. By, by the way, let me to-
1: let me let me break in. Slide sandals with socks.
3: With socks. Yes. yes. With yes. socks. Yes. And <laughs> You also have a shirt on that has a stain on it like, and there is an absolute 100% possibility and you have a baseball cap on that is ratted and torn that you've had since college
1: and it's on backwards so even at, and it's uh, on backwards at my age yeah. you know trying to look like a college student so yeah now I'm a, am an unmade bed when I go out especially on the weekends if I go shopping I will have the slides on the socks the cargoes the hat on backwards and many times a sleeveless shirt. Yeah, that's
3: a it's look. the outfit. It's 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 the, it's an outfit, Steve. and it, it, it needs to properly be retired, it says that it. Please don't talk to me. Please don't flirt with me. uh, Please don't enjoy my company or listen. I've been married for X amount of years. My wife doesn't care how I look anymore. She still loves me. Um, <laughs> and so at least I have someone who loves me. I mean, that's what it says.
1: Yeah. Well, good news for uh, cargo short haters. I've got a bunch of them. I actually and I never throw things out. So, I've got clothes from, like, college. Uh, they're all in bins. Obviously. They're like, you they're, don't throw anything out. No, no, no. So, so I uh, I actually was working around the house in cargo shorts, and I, I uh, happened to bend over, and my arse has gotten a little too big. So, I actually tore them, and I looked at them, and I'm like, oh, my God, can I save these? And I actually threw them out, which was very difficult, because I love my cargo shorts. So, I'm You're guaranteed I'm to have
3: plumbers, but wearing them.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, uh. I am an old man. I sound like an old man at times. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what's going on around the NBA and what fans want. I think I know what they want. They want villains. They want good teams. They want super teams. But right now, everyone's looking around the NBA. They're like, all right, do we root for these cities that we've never heard of? Or do we root for the Nets? What do you think of the Nets? Because I keep hearing about super teams, and and I think people are lying that they don't like super teams.
3: First and foremost, I think – it's Brooklyn is, is in the biggest city in the country and uh, one of the biggest cities in the world. So, but it's just the teams that are left have no championships in terms of history in the recent era. Like they're either, they haven't won a championship at all or it's been with the Sixers haven't won it since 1983. That's the latest team that have won a championship. And so we're not seeing, used to seeing these teams be good and people want to see The Lakers. People wanted to see uh, Boston, but they don't get they don't have that. And so now you have to settle for Houston and Phoenix and, uh, you know, not Denver anymore. But you're looking at Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn's in New York. And in terms of the super teams, you saw Charles Brockley criticizing the super team concept. He himself (laughs) joined a Houston Rockets team, had won a championship with Hakeem and Clyde Drexler, who came over to Houston to get a ring. They wind up going getting 57 wins, going to the Western Conference Finals and one of the best calls on a game-winning shot ever. Uh, John Stockton sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals, their first final, but he get bounced by Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And then after they, uh, Clyde Drexler gets hurt the next season, he's aged is out of his career. He retires and they bring in Scotty. Scotty comes for one year that strikes during season. They get bounced by Shaq and Kobe. And so... A lot of these old guys that come along and talk about super teams are more likely than not. They had a super team themselves. It was, the structure was just different. Organizations created them. Right. Like the 80s Celtics or the 60s Celtics or the 60s and 70s Lakers. Or they never were able to accomplish that in Charles Barkley.
1: Yep. Bravo. I call out Barkley for that crap all the time when he talks about hating super teams or KD, how to join other guys to win a title. Chuck, you ring chased with both Phoenix and Houston. Cut it out. The one, I tell you the one that got me like a month ago, and Xavier Pope was with us talking a little NBA. Dr. J came out and was railing against the Nets, and I'm like, Doc, you guys were really good in the early 80s, and then you're like, you know, let's go pick up 30.15 rebound, best center in the NBA, Moses Malone.
3: That's a <laughs> exactly. that's a super team if you had Moses Malone. They got Moses Malone and they won a the title. And remember, Dr. Jake couldn't get over the hump. Yep. And he got criticized. He was getting taken some of the same heat that LeBron was taking. Uh and he was able to, you know, get past that and get a, get a title.
1: So Xavier, can I make a prediction right now? The NBA ratings from here without LeBron, because it's a new NBA this year, and this is the This is the unveiling of what the NBA is going to be here for the next five or six years, unless it is the Nets super team that wins multiple titles. If there's more balance around the NBA, the ratings are going to tank, and those who like to rip on the ratings of the NBA are going to have a field day.
3: Ratings are going to tank because of super
1: teams? Ratings are going to tank because it's the Nets and then a bunch of teams that no one else knows. So the Nets without a real foil dance partner, if it's not the Clippers, then I
3: think ratings are going to tank. People act as if LeBron and AD won't be back next year. Yeah, they they had over. significant injuries. Remember, both teams, the only, Denver is the only team of the final four that was left. And look at all the, and even Denver themselves, all those teams had injury problems. Coming after, going deep into the playoffs, turning right around getting another season, and then bouncing out. I think this is one of the most unique seasons we've ever seen because, Injuries have impacted how good these teams are. And so you may not see these four same teams in the same place next year. You may not see, I I said this about the Knicks, the Knicks aren't going to be as good next year. No. You're going to have the league in terms of the top teams is going to drastically change next year because we saw this season that was impacted by a COVID season. So two impacted seasons. We're going to see another third weird season. Well, we really don't know who the best teams in the NBA are going to be.
1: Let's move on to a big issue around the NFL, and uh, it's been brewing for a while here. And listen, uh, NFL really starts here in about 10 weeks or so at the beginning of August. And the NFL has been treading water on this vaccine thing and you know, letting teams get back to normal. Well, the NFL is no different, Xavier, than society. Uh, most places around the country have kind of peaked at somewhere between you know 28% fully vaccinated to the low 50% fully vaccinated. And we're seeing around the NFL, guys have no problem saying, you know what, I'm not taking it. I want more information. Uh, We'll start with Sam Darnold. This is kind of a big deal in Carolina. If they can't operate normally and they have to do virtual meetings in August with their brand-new quarterback who they've given the franchise to, this is a freaking nightmare.
3: Yeah, first of all, Sam Darnold shouldn't be anyone's franchise quarterback. That's number one. Uh, number, number two, uh, Sam Donald is emblematic of the impact of having Donald Trump as a president during a global pandemic. And this is why you don't have bad leaders. Um, his a bit, his mismanagement of the virus put a stink on the virus to a significant portion of the population. And it's not just people who followed him. It was people who, who are scared of needles, who, you know, anti-vaxxers that, And uh, it it just poisoned the water for adequate information to be be shared and for people to actually share in the responsibilities of a safer world. Before we get to Sam Darnold, people like Sam Darnold want to live in a reopened society on the backs of people who put on wore masks and socially distanced and got vaccinated and made society safer enough to open. I call them vaccine and COVID nineteen freeloaders. He's a freeloader, <laughs> and everyone else who, who came into open society on the backs of people who got vaccinated, did their own job. Selfish freeloaders. Now back to Sam Darnold. People who are saying, like, I am, I need more information. i more data. You don't need any more more information, more data. You just want to give yourself a reason to say, I'm not going to do this because no amount of information is going to make me change my opinion because you've been poisoned by bad leadership. When yeah.
1: Keep going. I was going to say, which brings us to Montez Sweat, who openly said yesterday, like contradicting himself. Hey, I'm annoyed that the football team has brought in experts to talk to us about the vaccine. I need more facts. Like they brought in someone to give you what you wanted, and now you're mad about it.
3: Yeah, he, he, Montez Sweat wants someone to give the facts, saying that he should take the vaccine because it <laughs> magnetizes people yes um sorry you're not gonna have a key put to your head you maybe smack it, it good make it hold there for a couple of seconds but uh, my name is Xavier um I'm not not connected to Cerebro at all but I can see people think that people are going to be mutants if they take a vaccine mm-hmm. and some some people want to listen to people like that which is profoundly ridiculous people don't it doesn't matter the information that people get. They want to be able to have something to echo back to them to reflect their fear and their belief in all the ridiculous conspiracy theories that are, that are brewed online and kept people from getting the vaccine. Just say you don't want to take the vaccine and there's nothing that one can tell you to, to not get the vaccine. Just say that.
1: Xavier Pope is with us. And now the NFL is going to be in a weird position because you're going to have some teams that are more open up, can operate as norm in August. Others will not be able to do so. I think there's going to be complaints from the teams that can't do so. And then from there, I don't know what the league does, because if the league tries to force the vaccine on players and staffers, uh, but especially the players, the NFLPA is in this terrible position. And I liken it to a union like the Players Association in baseball, right? You go back to when steroids were rampant. I think there were a lot of players who were using. There were a lot of players who didn't use, and they're like, we're getting screwed, and the Players Association Essentially, you know, chose to side with the guys who were using. What does the NFLPA do here? Because they're, they're they're supposed to represent all the players. But if there's this much of a split, I mean, Xavier, we've got teams. I think it's uh, the Niners are at fifty-two percent. The Redskins are under fifty percent in terms of being fully vaccinated. This is quite the quandary for the league and the players' association.
3: It is, and I think that uh, there are some teams that are looking to having um, these kind of summits with players and their families because it's not just the messaging among players players talking to each other talking about the vaccine it's players and their families and people in the, around them are fe- feeding them information about the vac- vaccine and they're, they the have people around them that won't take it and, and convincing them how they should behave. And, you know, and these people may not necessarily be in their lives for the, for the different financial decisions that they have to make, but they're in their lives in a social context, going out, doing various things. And so the teams have to educate the people around players in addition to the players themselves. And that's that's something that the league really hasn't had to do before. Yep.
1: All right. Let's flip the page. Interesting stuff here. As Major League Baseball tries to be cool. I mean, more accurately, they're trying to make money. Uh, So they keep coming up with some new branding and and marketing and merchandising. Uh, You hated the city hats that came out like two months ago with all the area codes on there because they screwed up many of them. What do you think of the city jerseys? Because Chicago, obviously, is represented by two teams. What do you think of the uh, White Sox and Cubs city jerseys?
3: Even people who aren't from Chicago or any south side of any city. Absolutely love the White Sox's jersey in mm-hmm. hat. I mean they absolutely did a fantastic job of designing that jersey. I mean, they sold out right away. Everyone I talked to wants that jersey. People who don't even live here want that jersey. It is a spectacular jersey. Yeah. Chicago White Sox gear became popular across sports yeah. because of the black and white, um, the pinstripes, you know, some of the final lettering. And they went to this, this just kind of goes along with how great they've done before and then with the Wrigleyville one the Cubs saying Wrigleyville it doesn't give you the feeling of authentic city it gives you a very touristy very tour shop a gift shop type of vibe
1: from the outside many times people and areas can sort of portray and push themselves to a certain market which brings us to a really interesting dude He's a dirtbag. Uh, Kid Rock, again, with more language violations. He's just a jerk, and he doubles down on it, and it's his brand. But he's another one of those guys I find fascinating when people can market themselves as men or women of the people. And the crazy thing with Kid Rock, I had no idea about this until I just saw it on twitter his background is really interesting he is anything but a man of the people you know pull yourself up by the bootstraps you know i had to work hard i never had a safety net
3: screw you dude you had a massive safety net father owned car dealerships grew up in a giant home picked apples uh picked i love the i love the picked
1: (laughs) apples if that says anything about your childhood where you're like i came up the hard way I had to go pick apples. Like, what? <laughs> what? Wait, did you did you pick them at your leisure or
3: was it your job? He, Kid Rock had fresh applesauce. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what what is more bougie than that? Kid Rock isn't a man of the people. He is a trickster of the people, and he fo- he foils those blue collar white folks that like Kid Rock and his his uh, his white grievance music that he likes to make. You got to stop being duped by these rich guys. They're, you have much more in common with marginalized groups than you have with these rich, scand- scoundrelous fools that keep taking your money and giving you to think crazy things like you're going to become Magneto if you take the COVID-19 vaccine.
1: Xavier Pope is with us. All right, we got to close on this one. You just used the word trickster. Don't be duped. But you know what I'm going to say? I would like to celebrate both Floyd Mayweather and whatever Paul brother was in there, Logan Paul, because these guys are pulling off a scam and it's going to continue. Should we hate on them for being massive success stories? And, they, you know, they both come from different backgrounds, but in a lot of ways they have some similarities. The Paul brothers are using the Floyd map and Floyd's like, I'm 44. Like, I ain't ready to stop making money, you know, the, the way I make money, which mostly is through kind of a work.
3: Yeah, Steve. I, I talked about this on Twitter. Exhibitions are central to sports from its very outset. We look at the the, the the origin of the Olympics, um, and various sports. And boxing was outlawed. Professional boxing was outlawed in multiple states, and major events were posited as exhibitions in order for them to take place. So, exhibitions are not only have only been central to sport for. So many years, but also essential to boxing itself. And so uh, this is an exhibition. It is not a fight. It's people that are purists, um, if you are a purist, you have to understand what's been a part of your sport in the history of the sport. These men are, are entitled to make their money however you wish. If you And I look at this at the, as the WWE. Javier, what do you got going on on Suit Up? Yes, yeah, Suit Up News, we're talking about uh, the, the the issues of the NFL and, and the vaccine and how just people are intentionally signing up for ignorance in our, our modern society, and we have to push back against that and, and, and in much ways as possible to keep the society safer. Great job. We'll check in with you next week. All right, thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon.
1: There he is, one of our favorite guests of the week, Xavier Pope. We're about 10 minutes away from getting into the latest on the baseball cheating scandal. Who's really to blame? The
0: pitchers in Major League Baseball or Major League Baseball itself. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100.
2: A great team series. It's hard to win uh, four games in a row. It's especially hard to win four games in a row on the road. We had some talking motherfuckers in St. Louis after their first series sweep kind of nice to go on their road ballpark and let them have
0: it. We had some people sweeping brooms and like that while we were leaving. So, how'd you like that? How'd you like that? Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Oh, I liked it a lot, Joey Votto. I liked it a lot. Uh, The
1: self-anointed best fans in baseball. (laughs) Cardinals, obnoxious, swept, Swept by the Reds, who are fighting to get near 500. Real nice, real nice. We'll get more baseball up in the 3 o'clock hour. Garrett Cole in the crosshairs on this baseball cheating scandal, which may not be a scandal, maybe a cover-up. So that's all coming up with Adam Candy and Cofield as we're live here, getting ready for BGK Game 6. Here is Silver 7's just in front of the Corona Cantina. Uh, Let me get you an update, Candy, on some TV ratings. Ready for this one? From Wednesday night, Suns Nuggets, 3.5 million. Eh, it's okay. Islanders Bruins on NBC Sports Network. Oh, boy. 1.477 million. That was a game six. So, Suns Nuggets, more than double up the NHL. Even more distressing for our major pro hockey league, Candy, Oklahoma-Florida State softball on ESPN, 2.08 million, 600,000 more viewers than an NHL playoff game. Now, there's a lot here. I'm not saying the NHL is like rock bottom in terms of popularity, but for everyone out there, and it's actually a lot of hockey fans who have no idea, they get caught up in this, nonsense narrative like no one watches espn anymore i bet you next year when the nhl escapes nbc sports network you're going to be real happy they're on espn in terms of exposure on over the air tv and on their websites oh it'll be a big change and it's going to help the nhl because right now the nhl is looking at these numbers and i'm sure they're like my god this sucks
2: the other part of that equation is where are those hockey games being broadcast? They're on NBC Sports Network, which a lot of people don't get. A lot of people who have it can't find. Can't find it, yep. Like, ESPN, everyone has on their basic package and can find it with ease. Uh, So you talk about these games for the NHL, and it's not surprising. It's not surprising. Why do you think they're switching? Because this is on a network that by the time this deal goes away, by the time hockey is over on ESPN next year, NBC Sports Network is going to disappear they're going to get rid of the thing entirely.
1: Yep. Uh, You know, it's interesting. If you go up to, you know, I can't remember which site it was. I know Ari and I yesterday were looking for a replay of Mark Stone right after the game on NBC sports network. He did a great interview, you know, off the ice, two minutes, emotional spot scores, the uh, winning overtime goal. And I I swear, like I combed every NBC site and Twitter. And I, I don't know which Twitter handle it was, but there was an NBC sports Twitter handle. I think it was it. And like, there were three posts in the last, like, three weeks. Like, they've just given up. They're like, w- we're out. The, sport- the, the sports network is going to be gone soon. We're done, though. Well, we're, and they also,
2: they also laid off a ton of their staff that's, in advance of this move, too. So there's probably nobody. Like, they probably don't even have the usual 21-year-old intern to be like, hey, grab the stone clip. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. It's 830 at night. It's 1130 on the East Coast. There's nobody
0: there.
1: That's right. It was a freaking bloodbath, unfortunately, for a lot of people who were working for NBC uh, Comcast at a lot of the local stations. Um, A couple of NFL notes, and we're going to talk to Solomon Wilcots in about 25 minutes. He played in the league, and he's been an analyst for just about everyone on TV. Headline, David Cully says Texans won't hold mandatory minicamp next week. Quote, we've accomplished what we wanted to accomplish what that he cannot be serious
2: he absolutely can be serious (laughs) i agree the houston texans don't need to hold a full minicamp do you know why because david cully has one job this year one he is to tank and he is to tank spectacularly oh so this is actually
1: this is this is we're not we're not practicing we need the number one pick We're not going to sharpen our skills. That may screw us like the Jets screwed themselves a year ago.
2: No, I guarantee you that each skill group probably had a different set of plays they were installing. The running backs and the wide receivers were installing completely different offenses. They're going to go out there and be running different routes on every play. So Tyrod Taylor is going to be going to the team doctors like, hey, I don't want to go through what I went through last year, but if you could find some way for me to not have to be on the field right now, that would be awesome. Amazing. Lots more
1: Golden Knights coming up. We got Game Six on the way. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop. 77 cent beers here at Silver Sevens during the games. They got two bars you can hang out at, at and the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Coming up, we got to get into a little final closure on the Bruins and Islanders series
0: and find out what the hell happened in Boston and who they're blaming. Golden Knights games and 77 cent Bud Light bottles? Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino has you hooked up.